Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello there and welcome to Locked On Suns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Kellen Olson, your host of Locked On Suns. Happy Wednesday out there to everyone in Suns land, which I have realized recently is really across the globe. I was looking up some of the analytics lately, uh, tweeted some of those stats out, and we've been having a lot of listeners tune in outside of the U.S. And I just assumed with a podcast that is this centric around a local team that we would have most of our listeners be from Arizona. And while that is the case... A lot of you have been checking in from all different parts of the world. I got some tweets from people from Israel, Taiwan, Australia, Canada. It's been really all over the place. I just want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, We don't do that. I I do that. I try to do that, I should say, uh, here on the podcast. And thank you guys for tuning in. But, yeah, I just wanted to say it uh, in audio format instead of uh, the tweets that I sent out. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you are new, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns and then in the link there, in our bio, you can find a direct link that will let you subscribe to our podcast and you will be able to get us five days a week, our little 15 to 20 minute segments here on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, today, we have no Eddie. Eddie is out for the rest of the week. He is at the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas. Uh, you can catch him on the Pac-12 network if you want to hear Eddie call a game or two. He's going to be doing that throughout the week. Uh, but yeah, no Eddie the rest of the week, so we got a couple of fill-ins here and there. And my main fill-in, my main man off the bench is always Dave King of BrightSideOfTheSun.com. Dave, how are you? Oh, good. Thanks for having me on, Kellen. I always like talking about this. Yep, always love having you on as well. So uh, I wanted to have you on here because we had you on, I, I want to say, a couple of times this season, and it's always been at like little bits of the season that we've gotten your take on and we've gone back and forth on a couple of things and now there's been a lot happening since then. Uh, we've had the trade deadline, of course. We like previewed the trade deadline last time you were on, I believe. But now we have had the big rotation shakeup. And let's just start with your general thoughts on the shakeup of Tyson Chandler, Brandon Knight moving to the bench. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Earl Watson doesn't do anything halfway, that's for sure. So the man either makes a, a full decision one way or a full decision the other way. And earlier in the season, it was that he was going to give Tyson Chandler and Brandon Knight all the minutes they could use effectively he cut back on Brandon Knight's minutes but uh didn't really turn over back a point guard to Tyler Ulysses until that trade deadline now on one hand um he did he does keep saying that it's management and ownership who are telling him how to do the rotations but on the other I think it's just Watson not really wanting to just uh give in totally to the kids he likes to win games um so that was nice of the of you know them all to sit down during the trade you know during during the all-star break and decide that they're going to go young. I love seeing the kids play. And I think Watson himself is surprised at how good these kids are playing. Um, and he, he probably himself would wish that he had started this earlier. What do you think the implications are of Knight being benched? Because the short term isn't really anything because he was playing horrible basketball. Let's just be honest. I, I've said many Terrible. times I, I yeah. give Knight a ton of credit for how hard he's been playing. And I have no ill will against him at all or anything like that. Wish him the best. Wish he was playing great basketball, but he has been. He's been playing horrible. And when you've played that bad for that long in the season, you deserve to get benched when you're already in a role off of the bench. You have to have your role reduced. And for him, 
that was going from a guy who averaged 30 minutes a game to down to like 18, 20 minutes a game, whatever it was in the last little stretch here. And now he's just flat out not playing. And what we've seen so far in the game so far is that Tyler Eulis has been playing. But what do you think the impact is long-term? Because that is something, a discussion that hasn't come up yet, uh, for me at least. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts because the discussion kind of on Twitter and other places was lost season at the end of the year, Knight will play, hopefully he'll get back into his rhythm, and he will up his trade value if he can at all, or at least show teams what he's capable of, but for now that's not happening, and is this a situation where Knight is just going to be with this team until they can, are they going to have to give up an asset to trade him, are they just going to leave him on the team until his contract runs out, like, there's really, I have no idea where this ends, it's really strange. It is really strange. I, I think probably uh, we certainly haven't seen it in Phoenix before, but I'm sure other teams have, have dealt with highly paid veterans who just played themselves way out of the rotation. And uh, that team either gave away assets to get rid of that player or they let the player play out their contract. Uh, if you recall, uh, you know, David Lee might be an example. Omer Ashik is actually State. one that came up in my head. Omer we Ashik, yes, text. exactly. He's not playing um, in New Orleans right now, and he's on a huge deal. Huge deal for years, and he's been on that huge deal and been out of their rotation for years. And he otherwise was a good player going in. And David Lee, David Lee was an all-star a year or yeah. two before Golden State got good again, and he literally rode their bench for two straight years and didn't complain. Um, so it could happen, and it has happened with other teams. Um if Brandon Knight is here on the team next year, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see if he's going to ride the bench again like David Lee and like Omar Sheik did. Those guys were both mid-career as well. Um, those guys were both at the height of their supposed veteran, although David Lee was slightly older. Um, but uh, Sheik was right in the middle of his career as well. It can happen, and Brandon Knight should not assume that he's got a job back again next year. He's got to get his head straight. On the Suns' part, they really should try to trade him away, even if it is to give away an asset to do it. You've already bitten the bullet on giving away that Lakers pick. Um, it's just going to happen, and we need to close that book. I really hope the Suns do something for Brandon Knight, because if, if we all recall, if we really think hard enough about it, only 18 months ago, Brandon Knight was averaging 20-5 and five in the starting lineup yep. for a team that only went through a bad stretch to get under 500 before Eric Bledsoe went down. And that bad stretch was when Tyson Chandler got hurt. They were actually a 500 team during November of 2015. They were. They were a good team. He was a good basketball player, and I still can't explain what's happened to him. It's truly bizarre. I think the play uh, to transition into the young guys a bit here, I think the play of Tyler Eulis actually has to help their thought process a bit when it comes to moving night, because when you move him, you're not only trying to get him off the roster, but you want to replace his spot at the same time. Well, Tyler Eulis has taken that spot and ran with it, to say the least. He's played phenomenal basketball. I think uh, in the Washington game last night, we saw a couple of the limitations there. I mean, who can guard John Wall in this league, let alone Tyler Eulis? <laughs> but it, it's something where we, we see his limitations as a player. He has the potential to be a starter in this uh, in this league down the line, I think I, we won't get into that argument. That's come up on Twitter quite a bit lately is, uh, is does he have potential as a start in this league? Well, that's something we'll say for later on, uh, in his career. Well, just, I know we're going to save it, but one thing that did worry me, uh, um, that came up pretty, pretty quickly, uh, pretty obviously in that game last night was telling you this, maybe his biggest downfall is, or big 
biggest concern is whether he can withstand these heavy blindside picks that big guys are going to throw at him uh, because they put him on the ground twice last night, not just in the one time Jared Dudley went down, um, at least twice anyway that I saw. So I think um, that's going to be that he doesn't get hurt on these blindsided picks by bigs. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I think he's got great talent. And we, and we can talk more about that later. Yep. Yeah, but as far as that talent goes, I think it's clear that he is at least a below average backup point guard in this league. I don't think he is a third guard at all. I don't think he's the third point guard, kind of like what we saw Ish Smith's role a couple of years back being. I don't think he's that guy at all. I think he is a backup point guard in this league. And we're only seeing it out of him in his rookie season, by the way. He is not even close to his prime or anything like that, obviously, but he's been playing really good basketball, and it's just clear the effect that he has on this team. I think a lot of the assist numbers going up has to do with him playing, and I think it's clear that they have a guy in place for where Knight was supposed to be for this team, which was the backup point guard, and really facilitating and running the second offense and really being the leader of the second unit. And I would say now it's Ulysses' second unit with the veterans and with the young guys as well. And it's been a lot of fun to watch uh, for me as someone who covers the team. And I know for you it's the same sort of thing where it's just this breath of fresh air with the team. Oh, absolutely. I love the spirit they've got. You know what? I always uh, – people didn't give them enough – give Watson and the, and the coaching staff and the players themselves enough credit for keeping a good spirit. Um, how quickly for, we forget – how un, unhappy that locker room was for the last two straight years. Um, and this team, even though they lost tons of games, were always still in good spirits about each other. They were pissed off at losses, which you want people to be, and they were happy with each other. And what I saw in the prior couple of years was people not mad enough about losses and uh, not happy enough with each other either. So um, I think the whole thing is a breath of fresh air all year, and it's nice to see the fruits um, coming out right now where uh, when you do play the younger guys, they are more ready. Um, now, you can always make the case of when when should they have started playing. Um, I'm a fan of guys need time to adjust to the league itself, and I don't think a Tyler Ulysses would be as, would have been as consistent in November as he is now. Yeah. Certainly Derek Jones, or yeah, Derek Jones Jr. And, um, uh, uh, geez, Dr- Alan, Alan Williams. Williams um, sauce. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think Big Sauce actually would have been just as productive all year long. Uh, but definitely Derek Jones Jr. and, and uh, Tyler Ulis needed some time to adjust to the league itself and then be ready to play. I think it really is being hurt by the fact that they're winning, uh, that this group is winning, and they could have easily won those games in Chicago and Milwaukee as well. Those were two games that uh, they, they right. should have won the game in Chicago. For sure. Booker <laughs> There's just only the one game throw. they clearly lost since yeah, exactly. the All-Star break. I think that's hurting it in terms of people's hindsight and everything like that, but I agree with you. I think Ulyss and Jones for sure were not ready for minutes in November and December minutes like this. Alan Williams maybe, but I honestly believe that he needed to be with Ulyss in the second unit to succeed the most. It's clear oh, good that point. he is yep. the best with Ulyss, and if Ulyss isn't ready till whenever, then Big Sauce is neither in my opinion. I think he, he a lot of his ability rides on having a point guard like Ulyss with him we we saw Chris start right away. We saw Bender get in the rotation and Dudley got benched. I think anyone saying this should have came earlier or anything like that is really foolish. And speaking of foolish, uh, another argument that we've been seeing Suns fans get into in, uh, in the comments of things and things like this is the team winning. And people are always going to want the team to get a high traffic once it's clear that they are not going to make the playoffs or they are not going to win. But something 
a lot of fans haven't experienced is a situation like this. When the team plays the young guys, tries to evaluate the future, but they're successful in doing so. And I think people are getting a little bit confused here because if you play with the youth and you let guys like Jones, Jr., Big Sauce, and Euless carve out what their roles will be for next season right now and you're winning games doing it, that's worth the price of an extra five, six wins that they're going to have as a result or whatever. And what is the alternative anyway? Because these were the guys at the end of the bench at the beginning of the season. So I don't, I don't really understand the argument at all. I know this is a really good draft. I've written about Markel Fultz. I think Josh Jackson is awesome. Lonzo Ball is a really attractive prospect as well. But at the end of the day, if this is the way that they're winning, I don't see how you can possibly be upset with it. No, and really, you could make a case that guys like Jason Tatum and Jonathan Isaac uh, will end up being just as talented. And um, you might not need Dennis Smith anymore because um, I think Dennis Smith is a step down from the top two point guards. But certainly you can get a small forward that's almost as talented, if not just as talented, as Josh Jackson at five and six. Uh, so, And I don't see the Suns dropping. No matter what they do, they're not going to drop further than sixth. Uh, they, they certainly can drop as far as probably you – know, they could go as far as fifth. I mean, you've got two other teams – that are within two games of their win total uh, with, um, you know, with 18 games or so to play. So certainly the Suns could play out of their minds and drop as far as six before the lottery. Uh, and then the likely, you know, the lottery at that point, you're not going to really lose spots. You might lose one or two. That's fine. These, these guys, if they're playing great and they're setting their core, like you're saying for the future, you could make a case that Derek Jones Jr. could be like a Corey Brewer type, uh, who also couldn't shoot coming out, but couldn't play defense and and can occasionally score like crazy. Um, he could, uh, gosh, if Derek Jones Jr. becomes that type of player, that's a really good thing. If Tyler Ulis becomes a backup point guard, that's or you know that could start sometimes or play the most minutes of the game of all the point guards. That's a really good thing. We can't turn these opportunities down just for the potential for one or two more lottery balls. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, Dave, honestly, uh, if I had to pick one of the three guys to take, I would take Jones. I would take him over Euless. I would take him over Big Sauce. His potential defensively is through the freaking roof. You and, know, I agree with you. And yep. if he just, uh, Watson said it after the game, like corner three this summer, and Chris Reichert, uh, D-League aficionado, had a piece, and it's like Jones's shot isn't necessarily ugly. His form isn't too often broken, something like Michael K. Gilchrist, for example. Uh, something like that. That's not the case at all. Um, in fact, it is pretty sound, and he just needs to get the reps up and repetition and things like that. That's what they the guys always say that it comes down to is just repetition. And well, he is the kid's that, only he is got that. half a year of college and half a year exactly. Of NBA. He Less is a corner three away from being a rotation player right now, and he is playing like a rotation player right now. But I think it's it's small sample size things like that. But he is a corner three away from being like a legitimate rotation piece in this league because we've seen how effective he is in transition. Being that skilled and that athletic in transition is a legitimate thing in this league, especially when you have guards like Euless and Bledsoe and you're on a team that pushes the pace so much and you're with guys like Warren and Chris who can be there with you as well. I really love his potential long-term, and I think the Suns know that. And I think Watson especially has been really glowing about him in the past couple of games. It seems like... Uh, like all of us, it's kind of caught him off guard, too, with how much potential that kid has. I'm, I'm really excited to see the player that he turns into. Oh, absolutely. And my, my favorite part about Derek Jones Jr. is just spending the entire game hoping he gets the ball out on the break and there's one defender between him and the hoop. 
and that defender has to decide, am I going to, am I going to reprise the slam dunk competition and get jumped over top of, if I try to draw, you know, an offensive foul <laughs> and, yeah. and you, know, you know, he's going to get another chance to do that. You know, he's going to get a chance to actually jump over somebody someday. And that's going to be pretty fun to watch. It is. And I'm really excited to watch the Suns basketball the rest of the season. I couldn't have said that two, three weeks ago, I think, but I can say it now. I hope you guys listening at home are the same way. We will be back tomorrow with more to talk about, though. We'll just be going through our general thoughts on where the season is at right now with another guest. Uh, but until then, guys, we'll talk to you then. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.